everyone, welcome to episode 101 of ARG Presents. I am Amigo Aaron, joined by a man who, unlike the subject of today's show, isn't that sharp. I give you the Brent. That's true. I'm, you know, I'm kind of blunt. Yep. Boy, that's a truth. That's a sure truth. So, if you joined us last week, we spun the wheel, we made the deal, and this week we'll be playing games from the Sharp MX, or excuse me, MZ line of computers. We made that mistake multiple times uh, over the past week, and it's, the streak continues <laughs> unabated, Brent. Let me, let me tell you a little story about that. This, this is my funny I was going to tell on Discord, but decided to wait. Good move, so, boy. I went home, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to get started on this right now. Sharp MX 2500. Yeah. Bam. Dishwasher. <laughs> yeah. I was like... Also, a lot of copiers would come uh, Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. Yes. Zero. Multifunctional copiers. I was like, well, we're screwed. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I didn't know a darn thing about this computer. And yeah. I know a little bit now, but it's a... The thing is... When when you put this on the wheel, you just sort of put it on there. You don't think much about it. But there's actually like four million computers in the Z yes. and the MZ line. I had no idea it was so so vast. And clearly, we picked we were we decided to play games on the Sharp MZ twenty five hundred computer. But then Brett didn't do that. So I've got some background on the MZ twenty five hundred, and then Brent can talk about what he played later on. So uh, this is in fact made by Sharp. Uh, and was the Sharp MZ series. There's a bunch of series here. Just to touch on a few, uh, you've got uh, everything from the MZ80K series. These debuted, Brent, in 1978. Crazy. Think about that. Crazy. And they ran all the way up into the MZ3500 uh, to 6500 group. And these were these were these came out much, much later in like the eight in eighty five, eighty four, eighty five in that area. So you've got it's a long run of computers. It is, uh, and it's amazing. Now, it's well, unfortunate that these, I mean, tanked eventually. Well, it tanked. It's, I mean, it's just computer ran its course. So a lot of people think the uh, the MZ stands for a Micro Computer Z eighty. Not me. No, well, I didn't. I didn't think. That I think either. it stands for copier. <laughs> I just think it stands for, uh, but I don't know what it stands for. I don't think anyone truly knows. It's Japanese. You know, funny thing about brought, uh, looking up information for a Japanese computer, it is. This was one of the hardest things to find any cool information on. It was super tough, and I had to go yeah. into a lot of uh, translated pages and stuff. So it got a little funky. And, and on top of that, the emulation for this was a breeze. Yeah, it, an it, absolute breeze. It is funny. It's funny how that works. Uh, so. Let's just d dig into the MZ a little bit. I'm gonna, like I said, we're gonna talk mostly about the MZ2500 line uh, that uh, uh, of computers. Now, these things that early on had the built-in computer, monitor, keyboard, all in one, that gimmick, yeah. and then they eventually branched out. Yeah, the 2500 is pretty much right in the middle, right? It's yeah, sort of. It's, yeah, it's on the middle, little on the low end. It came out in, in uh, it came out in 1985. Now, oh no, it's okay. That's pretty much middle. You know, I look to see, hey, let's see how many they sold. I don't know. <laughs> How successful was the line? I don't know. You know, it was a it was a crapshoot. Yeah, it looked something like a uh, normal computer, the old base special, uh, that sort of thing. But it just it, there's not a whole lot to it. So uh, these had a Zilog Z80B in them, uh, the 2500s with a, a speed of six megahertz, RAM uh, up to 256k. 
They shipped with, as far as I can tell, they shipped with 128K. That's pretty good. And 85, yeah. Video RAM 64K, right? Wow. They had, right, uh, that has to be They shared. had graphics modes up to 640 by 400. Uh, they had uh, 256 colors dis- displayable uh, at low res, of course. And then if you yeah. go up to 640 by 400, you get four colors on, the cha- on there. It had three-channel uh, sound. Pretty good. This one had a built-in three-and-a-half-inch disk drive, although I read that most of the uh, MZ line stuck with cassettes for a long time. In fact, that was sort of the, to their detriment because by the time that the MZs uh, uh, came out, uh, in, like... By the time they adapted to a three and a half inch floppy drive, other people had been there for quite a while, so that they were kind of uh, slow on that. Uh, the nickname for the the MZ twenty five hundred is the Super MZ. Yes, fine, Super MZ. Yeah. Uh, this it was a uh, uh, this was a successor to the MZ two thousand line. Now, Brett, I think your machine. Uh, uh, that you you the game you played was a had a monochrome to yes. it, but I don't. Did they have a color display for that? Do you know? I do not think so. I think that is. We went in with the uh, assumption that the MZ two thousand, which is what my game played on, and the MZ twenty five hundred, which was what Aaron's game played on, were compatible. Uh, they were not. At least not that we could find. Uh, my game was a monochrome tape game. Aaron's game was a color disc game yeah and i tried running it uh uh his game on my emulator and my game on his emulator and nothing no. it, it just sat there and i was like what are you doing no way it would not work now uh this is the final mo- this is the final 8-bit model of the mz was the 2500 so up to this point or up, up past this point everything goes in the 16-bit realm but as an 8-bit computer this was a pretty good computer i mean it's a pretty speedy yeah. This thing, this thing uh, uh, was a pretty decent machine. Now, I should mention the price in these. Uh, when this thing debuted, it was 198,000 yen. That seems like so much. Well, it is. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> that's like fifteen hundred dollars. It's eighteen hundred dollars US today in today's wad. Forty three hundred bucks. Yeah. Yeah. So this this was a pricey. This was not the ZX Spectrum. No, 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 no. But of course, this was way more powerful than the ZX Spectrum. As in well. the Japanese uh, computer magazines, the nickname for the Super uh, Twenty Five Hundred was the Phoenix, which I don't oh. know why. I don't know why that was. It, it was the was. rebirth of the computer. Yeah, so let's I talk. Uh, I looked at some of the games. I actually played a lot of the games on the on the old uh, Sharp Twenty Five Hundred here. Um, just the, some standouts that were mentioned. Uh, they and this I played every single one of these except for two. Uh, Zevius, there's an awesome version of Zevius on here. I don't know if you looked at it. At the, at, at, I did not. It was very good. Uh, <clears throat> they have a, they had a version of Pac-Man. They had Moonchild. They had a game called A Damon Crystal, which I tried like gangbusters to play because it's one of the few games that support the 256 color graphics on the screen. Right. But I couldn't find it, and mm-hmm. I looked. And trust me, finding this stuff was impossible. We had to shoot our own video this week. We had to do everything because it was just there's nothing out there. There, there's one. It's funny on the twenty five hundred line. There's like one guy that took an emulator and recorded about fifteen seconds of video for a bunch of stuff, and that was it. Yeah. So you're pretty much screwed. Yeah. It, it was odd because, like I said, finding an emulator and finding uh, disc images for that emulator was was pretty easy. Even yeah. uh, when I needed... Although not all the disk images were there. That's for Correct. Sure. And, and I had to when I find my own emulator for the 2000. It was pretty easy as well. Yeah. Um, uh, I'll go into it more on uh, when I talk about my game. But uh, uh, it's 
this this has got a pretty good community behind it. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if you're. You know, I noticed. That, I don't know how your emulator, the one you used, were, but I had to. Uh, to uh, mine would come up automatically to twenty five hundred, but the one I used for years, I had to go in there and do a little typing to get the thing yes. to come up. Yep. And it was it was uh, an interesting uh, DOS. Uh, I guess Sharp has their own version. Their of DOS. own their own basic type yeah. language. Yeah. It was different. It was different. It was easy. Uh, I looked. At, it's funny when you look at these the older machines, the the MZ eighty uh, machines. They are uh, much. Uh, they're much. They're very old. I mean, they're from the seven, late seventies. Oh, and they do have that sort of petty feel to them, like the Conor Pet, you know, those old, or like a, t- or a TRS-80 Model <laughs> 1 and 3. Like, oh, they're so petty. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Um, and, and it's funny, even the oldest series, uh, they had, some had color graphics. So they, they they were supporting color way early on. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of interesting, because, I mean, if you look at the early, the early, uh, uh, early TRS-80 Models 1 and 3 and 2, uh, they were all monochrome the whole time. So... Uh, from uh, from this, uh, and I will say, like I, said, I played a bunch of games to try to figure out which one I wanted to play. Uh, I played probably ten games, and I'll, I'll, something else, of course, the language barrier. Yeah, uh, which knocks out pretty much all the role playing stuff. And a and lot, of, the, a uh, lot of these were role playing. Yes, noticed, including a, a couple hentai games I came across. Yes. so that was that was cooking back in the day. Couldn't play those, but uh, I did finally come come across one. Woo! So. I will start the show this week. Let's start the show. And my we game... We did. It was like 15 minutes Oh, shut ago. up, eh? My game was... Laid Doc. Laid Doc, Sally. Remember that one? Eric Clapton? No? Laid Doc. Listen, with a name like Laid Doc, it has to be good, right? <laughs> Had you ever heard of this game? Absolutely not. Well, well guess no. what? I hadn't either. So I picked a Laid Doc. What is Laid Doc, you ask? Well... This is a game released in 85. Now, this came out on multiple platforms, yeah. Brent. The old uh, the uh, FM Towns, I think, got a copy. The MSX, the Sharp, and I believe this also came out on the, 68, the X68000, I think. Speaking of that, I don't think the uh, the the uh, MX line of computers had any exclusives. At least none that I could find. Maybe a couple role-playing oh, games had or something. Some. But they they were mostly, it was Portamania over there. Now, this was developed by T&E Soft Inc., which I'll get into them a little later. Uh, and this was the first game in the Laydock series. That's right. This is a series of games. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I don't think any of the other ones came out on this particular platform, but there was a series of these games. So, what is Laydock, aside from a dumb name? Because it is dumb. Yeah. I don't know. What, I'm sure it means something, but I don't know what it is. So, <clears throat> Laydock is sort of your classic um, shoot 'em up game, you know, space shooter. In the vein of say, oh, I would say this one would more, the most close resemble would be maybe a Gorf or something. It's, it's a game where you could literally go all no, over the screen. No, it's absolutely nothing well, like Gorf. When I say that, I mean Gorf <laughs> let you actually had vertical and horizontal. Yeah, movement. but this had mo- yeah, but this the this, screen scrolled in this. Okay, uh, how about uh, uh, Battle Squadron for the Amiga? There you go. It's a game where you can move all over the screen and there's aliens coming from everywhere. How's that? So uh, you uh, you move your little ship, the Laydock Express. And you fire on these guys. I mean, it, there's not a whole lot to it. It is, it is sort of, um, it's not that, it's not that special. Except, well, except when you get in a two-player, which I'll get to that in a moment. So, uh, you roll through Laydock. Now you've got, uh, you've got six, six levels on this thing, and the levels are, I will say, they vary dramatically in graphical uh, prowess. The first level, no, they is don't. Your, yeah, they do. 
The first level was just your classic space level. Now, this had, did have, there were some flourishes, I have to say, I thought were cool. Okay. Um, for starters, one this is one of the few games where, like, there are, okay, there are, uh, there are asteroids in space, right? Yes. This is one of the few games I've ever seen where the bad guys can just run right into and the asteroids. I, and I respect the heck out of this yeah. game for that. You respect it for that? Yes. Oh, wow. It yes. easily earned respect. Uh, so, anyway, on the first level, you're flying through space. Now, uh, you will encounter enemies uh, that just sort of come out and attack. Now, the di different enemies have sort of different styles of attack, uh, but and they actually change. Like, for example, at the beginning of this game, there's a certain type of it just kind of careens down, uh, like, lazily. And then you basically all you do is just shoot it, but later on it'll come down and actually start firing and stuff. So you can see I shot my own footage for this, and you can see if you're watching this on video that I'm kicking butt here. But just going, 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 Let me guess. You you picked joystick one and yeah. not joystick <laughs> that's two. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So at the end of the first stage is the boss ship. Okay, this yes. has bosses. Now this boss is a smallish. It's bigger than you. It's about three, four times as big as your ship. It comes out, and it launches these things that come out the side. Now, I, I, I beat this thing in my first try, which is not normal for me. And the plan, the secret plan is you get right, right up on this guy. I mean, almost where you're touching him, and you shoot as fast as you can. One thing this game doesn't have is the ability for you to know if you're actually hurting the boss in yeah. any way. There's no boss life bar. The boss don't flash. It doesn't do jack squat on some of these levels, and the other ones you do. And then eventually, you blow this sucker up, and you take off pretty good. Then second level is... Um, this is an eye screw up level. It's called. It's it's like a Mars. The planet you're over is red. Yes. It's and, and it's the red in the MZ style, which yeah. is like not good. It smacks you in the face. It's style. painful. It's painful. It's brutal. Brutal red. So you're flying over sort of an industrial. Uh, there's like pipes, basically. I don't know what this. May, I think you're attacking like a water treatment facility on Mars. <laughs> That's like I can figure as you fly through. At the end of that level, you've got to attack uh, this, uh, like this five-pointed base. There's a, there's a, there's a five, like little small domes, very smaller, or points that you have to blow up. And when you do it, they're all dead. It's super simple. And I'm assuming you got this far. Didn't yes. You? you know how I beat the base? Uh, no. I literally sat there. What do you mean? Because I was trying. At this point in the game, I thought there might be a bomb <clears throat> button. Yeah. So I was nope. trying to find the bomb button. Yeah. And, and then I won. So what happened? I, it, it, just, it just ended? It was just like, okay, stage three, here we go. <laughs> wow. That that stage is part of the easiest end bosses in the history of man. You can do you can beat him in like one second. Yeah, I, you have to I, he's throwing a lot at you, but I, I literally I, I, I thought maybe it was an endurance boss. Maybe yeah. I just had to sit around and then something would appear that I could shoot and kill. Yeah. And, and like I said, I was trying to I was trying to hit different keys, hitting different buttons, trying to bomb. Yeah. And uh uh, yeah, eventually I just I just won. Wow! So it's like okay, yeah, there, there were no bombs, as far as I know. No. I so, uh, so the third level is the what I like to call the uh, space level two. Yeah. You're flying through space, meteors, the whole nine. This yards. is why I was like, "What are you talking about? This game doesn't have yeah. unique well, levels." Well, this is a different level, and at the end of this level, you fight the uh, what I like to call the round ship tossing. Space aircraft carrier. Yeah, this was a big aircraft carrier. This was carrier. the uh, Yamamoto or whatever from the old art uh, from the old uh, uh, Star Blazers space space uh, uh, dock, mobile space dock. Command. Maybe LA dock. Yeah, and so basically this this one is a lot harder. Uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. I didn't get past this guy. Yeah, this, this, this was this yeah. is where I died as well. Uh, and he, it does, you know, there are there are uh, they let you continue and choose 
the state the last stage that you beat. Yeah. Uh, but boy, it was tough to care. Well, I mean, <laughs> don't say that. It's my game, yo. Um, so you you get past this guy, and when you blow him up, then you go. Now this, I would say, this is probably the second best looking uh, level. The fourth level. This is the industrial pipes level with a different color, but actually the color helps. The red's gone, and it's it's not bad. It looks pretty good. Again, these levels are pretty much more of the same, except with different backgrounds. I mean, that's that's face facts. There was I didn't think there was a whole lot of variance to it. Well, you're I, I agree, but you were the one that was like, yeah, backgrounds, best well, part I'm of the game. I'm just telling you. I, no, I didn't. <laughs> listen, I'm, I'm, I'm grabbing at straws here. <laughs> uh, on the on the fourth level. You've got to fight that. You have to fight that enemy five point enemy base again, except this time he it's a it's more like domes and it's harder. But it's the same exact kind of situation. You blow that up, and then you get to the the really cool level. Not really. It's another space level. <laughs> this is this is another one where you fight this big. This time the ship at the end is really cool. He does look really good. It's this big wide ship. He looks awesome. You have to fight him. Uh, it's in space, of course. When you blow him up, you go to the final level. This is the best-looking level. So they say the best for less. This is the industrial internal level. It's sort of like, it's sort of Tron-y looking. It's kind of that same kind of Tron blue with the piping and stuff. It looks pretty good. And then you fly through that. And finally, at the end of this thing, there are these six uh, pillars. They're blue pillars. They have eyeballs, basically, on top of them. There's, there's something that opens and closes. They look like eyeballs. They're little things that shoot bombs. And you can only blow them up when they're open. When the eyes open, yeah, you shoot them typical. in there. And eventually, when you shoot them all, you, you win. And at the end, not to ruin it for anyone that's going to go home and play some lay docked. <laughs> at the end, and when you blow that thing up, there's a close-up of your ship. I mean, a real, it takes up the whole screen. And your guys, and there, he looks at you, and he goes like, he goes like, ah. He gives you the, he waves at you. He goes, Pew! and that's the way it ends. Pretty good, pretty good ending, I thought. At least, you got, I mean, it had something in there, you know. Um, now, you're probably thinking to yourself, wow. Uh, this game sounds awesome, and you're <laughs> okay. You're not thinking now. No, I'm, I'm I trying. played the game. Yeah, <laughs> this game is pretty generic yeah. as far as space fighters go. There's not anything that uh, they don't bring any real new concept to the table until you play t two players. Two players is where the action is, Brent. I'm All right, I guess you didn't try that. Show, show me some action. In two players, you can actually join your ship with your partner up, and one guy flies with the other guy shoots. Pretty cool. There's some team-up moves, and this is carried on in the sequels, I'm told. So I think it's kind of neat, because when you're in two-ship you're in two ship mode, you're half as fast and twice as wide. <laughs> That's the way you do it. <laughs> but you have tons of firepower. It's neat that they, this is a game that they... So I'm, I'm permanently in two-ship mode. Well, <laughs> I'm half as fast and twice as wide. Listen, this, this, is, this is sort of the bait. I mean, this is 1995. This is probably a pretty cool game back in 85. Okay, Let, let's... let's Let's break this down a little bit. Okay, it. Go no, ahead. I'm not gonna bury it. Is is, is Laydock a bad game? No, it's not. It has about seven or eight different enemy types that have uh, different flight patterns, and they have uh, uh, different ways they attack, and they evolve as you go through the levels. No, they don't. Yes, they do. I mean, they they, <clears throat> they shoot more and fly. No, 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 no. I mean, they're the no. same guy. There, there are enemies. That they will go left to right or right to left across the screen, and when they get lined up with you, they will come straight for you. Yeah, that's that's their phase one. Their phase two is they collide left to right, they line up with you, and they move forward while shooting. Their phase three is while they're moving left to right, they're shooting. When they line up with you, they shoot and they go straight forward. 
So the enemies do evolve a little bit. Most of the time, it's not shooting, and then they are shooting. So it's not like monumental, but it's something. It's something to break up the monotony, which thumbs up for that. You know, the funny thing about a game... Stop. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I thought you were done. Go ahead. You just keep going. Thing two. Yeah. Game has a shield. It's not a one-hit kill game. It's yeah. a one life, but you get, I mean... Nine or ten hits. Yeah. Depending on what you hit, more thing your shield goes away more. Uh, that's good. Yeah. For a game like that, that's really nice. And the display hand, I was on the right hand side to give it that vert feel. It takes yes. up the whole the whole right hand side of the screen is taken up with the uh, stats and whatnot. The movement in this game is smooth. Yep. The shooting is okay. Yep. It, it's one of those you can only have so many bullets on the screen at the same time. So if you're real close up to uh, the boss ship, you can really lay into it. The risk versus reward thing. It has score, which means uh, uh, <coughs> you can compete for score. All that is good. The problem with the game is it doesn't take any risks. It doesn't say, here's the awesome thing you've been waiting for. It just never does that. And uh, uh, it, so it's not a bad game. It's certainly not a bad game. This is a a down the middle five out of ten game. If you're in, it, you know, if someone's playing it, sit down, take your turn at it. Uh, you you'll pick it up in an instant, and you'll have a good. I mean, you won't have a great time, but you'll have a good time. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not. I think everything you said is pretty much straight up. I mean, it is. If you if we put this in the perspective of 1985. Uh, because games like this often don't age well, you know. Yeah. This is a perfectly serviceable. The controls are fine, like yeah. Brent said. It's got it's it's not that hard. I mean, I think you could sit down and probably figure out how to beat this in a couple of days if you played it yes. long enough. Uh, the sounds fine. Uh, I mean, for what it is, the uh, no, 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 no. Oh, here we go. The music's crap. Well, I mean, it's the music. The is, fact that it's got music. The music is a ten-second clip on. On continuous repeat. No, nah, it's not that bad. It, it's better. You got to think in 85. Are you insane? This is 85, is my point. It's a long time ago. You got to grade these things within the structure of when they were made. No, this was a programmer that could do graphics, that could do programming, that could do uh, 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 bug fixes and all that stuff. And then he was like, oh crap, what am I going to do no, for sound? No, no, I don't. It know. was an afterthought. The, the, the 10 second clips are interesting, but they're not good enough to loop endlessly on a five minute level. Let's talk Sounds about crap. Just while we're here, let's talk about the programmers. Uh, TNE Soft, that stands for Technology and Entertainment Software. They were a Japanese video game developer. Now, listen to this. They're best known for one game, Hyadide. Yes. Which is, I believe, is that super game popular. That, uh, uh, isn't that one of the games that uh, the angry video game nerd like destroyed? Uh, well, I'm pretty I mean, sure it's, it was. It's, also, a, it's a very popular game, but boy, it is it is not for Americans. They also it's very did a, Japanese. They did a game called Planet uh, Mephius. The first, it's the it says here the first episodic point and click adventure, and they did a variety of golf games, including a game I've never heard of, but I went to see Disney Golf. That might be kind of fun. Eh. So that there's there's your folks. Of course, as is the Japanese tradition, I've got no idea who worked on. Yeah, no clue yeah. Who, who programmed it? But overall, uh, you know, eh, it's okay. It's, know, it's okay. It's okay. It's it, can you pick it up and play it right now? Yes, yeah, absolutely can. Now we did have some listener reviews. I, I say reviews. We actually had a couple reviews here. Uh, so 
Let's go with our good buddy, the our main man, Graham W. Webke, who's, who's right now whisking his way home from Ireland. Uh, played two-player mode with Rushi during some downtime in Amiga Ireland 2020, and it's a 6 out of 10 type of shooting game. It controls well, looks fine, with decent sounds. I found many of the deaths to be a little bit on the cheap side. I don't recall the X68000 version being like this. It's worth a play, but I feel there are better vertical shooters out there. Uh, also, Roshi uh, kicked in. We haven't heard from him for a while. Um, I really don't feel I can give a fair assessment of Laydock. It's a very vanilla shooting experience, with the main hook being able to combine ships and two-player, though I don't feel that every resulted in the force of, uh, in the force multiplayer uh, multiplying power that it should have. While doubling your firepower, it effectively cuts your health in half and removes your ability to effectively control the screen. I'd read that a ship combining feature where both players could form a single craft for double the firepower, but rather than split into a pilot and gunner, it simply gave full control to player one. Uh, this play field is spacious, and I've grown a fondness for the heavily dithered aesthetics of the Japanese 8-bit machines, as it feels very complimentary to the anime designs. Enemies, especially bosses, seem to be balanced for co-op play, meaning that they have a much more health than as a Euro shooter. Now, the early levels suffer from a meandering pace, and unless you load an existing save, you're going to have to play through them from the start with no option to skip ahead. So thank you guys for chiming yeah, in on I that. Yeah, I think all that is very fair. Yeah, I think so. It's, I, I like the fact that these two guys went to Amiga Ireland and played this game. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. Hey, 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 that's fandom for you. That's, I love it. It's something. I it's love something. it. So, so Brent, you know, you, you know, one thing I want to mention before we kicked into this thing is that what you know, when it comes to the sharp, and uh, since we're moving from the twenty five hundred here, okay, I downloaded this with the emulator and a bunch of games. I was like, okay, here we go. And I was like, surely out of these twenty or thirty games, I'll find some real bit gems in here. And I played through a ton of games, and this was what I chose. Yeah, there was a lot of games that were Japanese. There were a lot of games that were role playing games, and there were a lot of games I just didn't have any idea what was going on or didn't load right. So. You're going to, if you delve into the realm of the Sharp MZ 2500, bring a bag of lunch because you're going to be there a while. Well, I mean, if you can read Japanese, maybe some of the role-playing and, and Avenger games will be fun for you. Uh, obviously, we can't. Um, otherwise, it, it's the it's a port of mania, man. It's, yeah. It, it, port, 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 port. Yeah, it yeah. Was, it had ports for everything, uh, <clears throat> which, I mean, I don't think that's fun. I, I don't want to, I don't, like, it had Excite Bike. Yeah, great game. Yeah, does it play okay on this? It plays okay. Yeah, yeah. it plays good. Am I gonna pick Excite Guy, Excite Bike to review on this? No, right. Because right. if you're gonna play Excite Bike, you're gonna go to the Nest. You're yeah. gonna go to the art, the the Play Choice Ten. You're not gonna come here and play it. You're right. So right. that's that's how I looked at it. So we'll close the door right there on. <laughs> close the door, huh? <laughs> well, I looked over the list of games. And I, I found one that was came out for the twenty the the MZ two thousand. Yeah. And I chose Door Door. I was hoping you caught the twenty hundred because that would have been great. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have seen Door Door. Door Door is okay. Let me back up. You know, I was just saying like I excited by like, I played on the blog. You know, better this was ported to everything and the best versions on the NES. I'm sorry. However, oh really? Yeah. This there is a difference in this. Uh, this is actually Door Door MK2, 
which added a hundred extra levels, yeah. none of which I saw. But, you know, they're there. So that's what makes this a little unique. So, Aaron, have you ever heard of Door Door before? I've never heard of this game. And I was surprised it was in monochrome. I pleasantly surprised, actually. This reminded me of the old Dick Smith System 80 for a brief moment. I was like, wow, this looks like one of those games. Have you heard of Nakamura? Yeah. Shinsuke Nakamura, the wrestler? No. Well, then, no. <laughs> uh, this is Kichi Nakamura, the uh, uh, creator of Dragon Warrior. Okay, I heard of that. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna go, I want to go into a little bit of history because he is the guy who made Door Door. Okay. And you might be thinking, huh, that's a that's that's a pretty big departure. He had to have been pretty young when he made this. Yeah. He was pretty young. Uh, in fact, he made this game for a contest uh, where it, he entered it and didn't win. He actually got second place in the uh, uh, programming contest. But he did this while he was still in high school. It makes you wonder what won that contest. Uh, I know what won that contest. Oh. A war game, a, a tile-based war game. Uh, and the, the winner of that got a uh, million yen prize, which is about $10,000. Mm. Uh, Nakamura picked up second place, and he got uh, 50,000 yen. Uh, he took that money... And then went out and bought an NEC PC-98 All right. for uh, uh, the equivalent of $3,000. And that was his whole goal. That's the whole reason why he entered the tournament. In fact, the computer shop guy uh, said, Hey, I know you want this machine. Enter this tournament. Go you know, win it and go take the money. And that's exactly what he did. <coughs> but that was not his first touch into programming. Uh, he did many, many things beforehand. I just want to run through a couple examples. Uh, they worked with a magazine uh, called IO Magazine, and he submitted a bunch of things to it, and then they bundled it up and, and put it out for publication. Uh, he had a machine code uh, tool that you input machine code, and it, it spits it out, and uh, that was earning him 20,000 yen a week. And then he also uh, ported Space Panic and called it Alien Part 2. Close enough. Uh, in May of 91. So he cloned Space Panic. Well, he made his own, yes. Uh, <laughs> Let's call it Spade a Spade here. And that was released on cassette, and his royalties from that was about 200,000 yen. And then in January of 92, uh, he took Scrambler and they actually had to change the name to Attacker. Scramble. Yes, I'm sorry. Uh, Bundle that up, and he made one million yen royalties off of that. Then he took River Patrol, called it River Rescue, bundled it up, and made two million yen off that. It's amazing that you've got you've kept track of this guy's finances. It's like you've got his checkbook in your hand. Here's what's crazy. Yeah. All of that before he got out of high school. Not bad. So to say that this guy is a programming genius is the, an understatement. The dude uh, went on to make his own company, uh, Chewsoft, and <clears throat> I'm pretty sure that's how it's pronounced. Yeah, it is. Chunsoft, sorry. And he, they not only publish, they develop. Uh, and they are still in business today. Wow. And he still works with them. He is no longer a program. He's more upper management type stuff now. Yeah. That's going to be gratifying to have a company be around that long. Absolutely. And uh, uh, 
all of that kind of stemmed. And now, obviously, he was making some serious money as a high schooler uh, doing programming and stuff. But Door Door is what got him into gaming uh, from winning that contest because now he had he had uh, contacts on the inside. And Door Door got published, obviously, yeah. and was a huge commercial success. Hmm. And it was ported to many systems, the NEC PC 8801, uh, the NEC PC 6001, the FM7, the Sharp MZ2000, the Sharp uh, X1, the FM77, the MSX, and the Famicom. So no, no, no American machines got it. Nintendo. Nintendo, yes. So this is an American release on the NES? Yes. Okay. Yeah, and then uh, uh, this, so this thing came out on five and a quarter. It came out on three and a half. It came out on floppy di- uh, 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 cassette. Yeah. It came out on cartridge. And as late as 2014, you could download this for a phone uh, officially, and you had to pay 300 yen a month. It was a rental service oh, through the game. So DoorDoor has, has, made, has stood the test of time. With all that out of the way... Uh, Huge hats off to this guy. He really took something uh, that he was interested with that in his childhood and worked at it and worked at it. And he had a computer club. There were many people around him, and many of those computer club people uh, helped him form his company. Hmm. So it, it, it was just him for the most part, but he had a lot of support, which is very important. And he, he you know, hats off to them. He, he gives support and a lot of credit That's to That's why it. I started our computer club. I'm hoping these suckers <laughs> are going to lift me up. <laughs> So far, not so good. So, how is Door Door played? Door Door is a very con- simple concept that you have to trap aliens behind a door. And it is a static screen with multi-levels, with ladders, and uh, uh, doors. And the door handle will be either on the left or the right, which that's the way you have to walk past the door in order to open it. When yeah, that happens, that the, the aliens will just go forward, and if they walk into the door, they'll go inside, and they only stay in there for a couple seconds. So you have to walk past the door the opposite direction, closing the door behind them, and then that's how you get your points. And the the points, this is a high-score machine. Uh, how many monsters you catch at one time is how many points you get. Uh, so you really want to bundle these aliens up so they're kind of mushed together and run them all onto the door at the same time, and then close it and get your big points. Yeah. There are uh, four aliens varieties in this game, and each of them have their own walking habits, their own uh, uh, how to get the guy. Same as like uh, a Pac-Man with the ghost, and, yeah. and you know several games had this concept, especially back in the day. And because of that, this is sort of a puzzle game because if you do the same movements time after time after time, uh, you will get the same results time after time after time. There is never, the enemies will never just go a random way. They're all programmed to go one way or another. So because of that, some people consider this a platform puzzler. I think that's a little generous. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
I see what they're saying. It's kind of a platform puzzler the same way that uh, Burger Time. It reminds me of more like a zookeeper almost in some ways. The, the points are certainly yeah. zookeeper-like. Yeah. But the gameplay, you know what he actually modeled this off of? It's going to blow your mind. You're never going to get it. And well, I mean, it, the, the some of the leveling looks a little bit like Space Panic, which so it's funny you just mentioned that. He worked on that. Sure, sure. Uh, but uh, I don't know what he would have modeled it off of. This was his take on Dig Dug. Hmm. Yeah, that's and a, I one way that. I mean he 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 was interviewed and said that and that wasn't just me making it up, <clears throat> but <laughs> what right. one thing you can definitely see that from is when you move, that music plays. Yeah, and when you're not moving, the music stops playing, which is a brutal killer in Dig Dug. I, it gets me killed all the time because you want to hear the music. I want to hear the music, yeah. and this is the same way. Uh, a few neat things that this does is the. The enemies, there's usually, you know, five or seven or so on the screen at one time. And as you defeat them, as you trap them behind doors, uh, they become faster. So it really does have that speed up element. Plus, there's a fruit or something, a candy in the middle of the screen that will come up occasionally that you collect for points. There are a few other obstacles, like a little thumbtacks on the ground that if you step on them, you'll die. And you have the ability to jump. And the ability to jump in this game allows you to jump over enemies, jump over the, the, the thumbtacks. Uh, it allows you to have a lot of maneuverability, but it also is sort of a trap. Because you will have, jump over some enemies, and some enemies will actually jump with you. So you'll jump, and they'll jump, and you just collide. And you have to learn what enemy that is, and you'll never jump them, because it's impossible. They always jump when you jump. Uh... Fun game. I really enjoyed my time with this. What did you think about it? Well, I had not heard of this one uh, or seen it. And I knew when it came up, I'm like, okay, I like the look of it. It's We talked about this with the Dick Smith. Uh, the, these older machines with the monochrome, they have a certain... Uh, the resolution and the detail is not something you would you got a lot on the older machines. And That's it, true. So it, looks, it looks good. It does. They did a good job. I knew every, I, right away I pretty much knew that I what I had to do. I went, at first I thought, man, do I just go into these doors and come out the other one? But I realized pretty quick when yeah. you shut the door. The handle thing's good. Uh, this game is deceptive because it starts out real slow. And like you said, the more monsters you trap behind the doors, the quicker it goes. And man, at the end, it's going at a pretty breakneck pace. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I liked it, to be completely honest with you. Yeah. Uh, you know one. what I like. And this was right up my alley. Of course, it's a greed-based, which I like. You can try, try to get a bunch of suckers behind you in a Benny Hill-style chase down the hall. Uh, sometimes I'd miss a door. Sometimes I'd be on the wrong side of a door. That was always frustrating. Sometimes uh, the, it, the jump mechanic, this guy is no uh, world-class jumper. He's no Mario. Yeah, he has just enough clearance to get over an alien. Yeah, that's about I mean, it. He, so you can't, if you're not going to be setting up Donkey Kong-style barrel, which I, I wish he had a little more height on his jump. Uh, there's a little bit of an overlay because of the way he's Viva made up a block, and so there's you can see a little bit of the black square when you jump over stuff. You know, but I mean that's par for the course on these older games. Uh, I don't, I didn't get super far. Uh, I didn't get a chance to play this a ton. I, I, I played it about two hours throughout that's the week. That's about what I put into it. And uh, but it was it was fun. I could definitely see where you could get better at it. And I could definitely Absolutely. see. You know, there were, there were a lot of elements of different games in it that I liked. I mean, you've got the ladder element, the platform element, the jumping element of the stuff like a Donkey Kong. The door is pretty interesting. The, the bad guys are pretty smart, and they're pretty different, and so it makes it a little more 
complex, I guess, than you would expect it to be. Uh, I don't know what the other levels like. See, there were tons of levels. I never got that anywhere yeah. near the high. This the version has high. up to 100 levels. <clears throat> and the levels certainly later in the game get a little more puzzly. For example, there's one level where uh, all it is is you and one of the jumpy enemies. And you have to lure him to behind you to jump on the platforms to get him over to the door yeah. to get him to trapped into it. So they do have, there are certainly some elements that are super puzzly in this, but I think overall it's more of a, 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 a points game where you're really going for points. Uh, the, uh, the music when you're walking around is great. I really enjoyed that. Um, I, overall, I thought this was an incredible game, and I thought the history for it was great. Uh, you, your main character in this is Chun, and that is from uh, Nekomara's nickname in, in high school. They called him Chun, which is now the name of his company. Yeah. So he really, you know, what if he really that took hat? that. Because your guy has this, like, dopey geek hat on. Yeah, the propeller hat. I wonder, if, I wonder if he wore one of those That's, back in the day. It's hard, hard to tell, but I bet he did. It wouldn't surprise me. So, Aaron, were there any user reviews on this? There were. There were listener reviews. <laughs> Every time you call them user reviews, I'm always uh, uh, bizarrely... They're users of our product. <laughs> we have a product? Let's well, win. Graham wrote in. Now, he said... This is his opinion. He didn't actually get to play this because he's in Ireland. He said... Uh, he didn't get to play this pickler version of the game, but he'd previously seen this game on a recent trip of his to Japan. Uh, he said, I can understand why it was very popular in Japan with this gameplay, but I not but I did find it weird that some doors could not open in either direction. But I guess that's just a quirk. Did you know did you see that at any point where you couldn't get the door open? Yeah, that you can only open the door handle has to be on the same side that you're walking into it right. to open the door. And that's part of the gameplay. Uh, once you have a closed door with an alien trap, you cannot reopen that door again. That's true. Chun is a bit slower than his foes, which adds to the tension. Yep. But he can jump over them and, uh, if necessary. Give it a try. So, Graham, having seen this in Japan, not this particular version. I, and I did look at a couple other versions of this, and this one looked... <clears throat> I thought this looked fine. Yeah, the, the NES version is the go-to version for this. Uh, most people... Did you play this back in the day? No, I did not. That was my question. Um, however... I think this is something worth getting an emulator. Not necessarily a uh, an MZ emulator to play this. Although, something about the, the fan base for the MZs, if you go to archive.org, because you have to download this and play it off tape, it has all the instructions on what you have to type, when you have to type it, uh, all the commands to get this game up and running. And I noticed all of the MZ2000 games on archive.org have those instructions. Yeah. Uh, so I think the support the community for this emulator or for this computer is incredible. It really looks like they're trying to get people in and play this stuff. Would I play this? Would I go back and play this on a MC2000? Probably not, uh, just because the, uh, playing it on the on a NES emulator or a Famicom emulator would be easier, and you would go from monochrome graphics to color, but uh, you know, I would definitely grab an emulator and give this a try. You know, it's funny you should mention that before we hang it up on the MZ. Uh, when I was uh, uh, when I was looking into this machine, I noticed that they said uh, uh, this. There is a huge fan base for this in Japan. I mean, this, this is a pretty yeah. popular machine. Absolutely. Uh, they said uh, in December 2012, Sharp published uh, all the manuals for the MZ80 on their Twitter page, and it was promoted as a Christmas present. 
and by uh, seven by a week later, it had been downloaded almost four million times. A lot of fans are real happy with Sharp for doing it, and they said they really appreciate it. Yeah. So. I like that's kind of neat that they're you know they're supporting them like that. Yeah, I agree. You know what else is neat, Brent? What's it's neat. That? It's the wheel. Oh, it's the wheel, brother. Get the it wheel. out. Let's do it. All right. Tell them what we got. Added to the wheel this week, uh, in our normal slot, was zombie games, and in our retro rewind, we've got the Super Nintendo. This is a Nintendo shot. It's the only shot it's got. Except all right. for all the other versions. Lift it up a little bit. Let's let the people see. Okay, fire it up. I'm kind of hoping for the Retro Rewind, Aaron. I'm not going to lie. I, I'm not. I would like to... Okay, the Atari says it. Now, this was going to be the 5200. Which the never 5200 covered. Atari. So, Woo, that's be... a pretty good spin. Yeah. You know, was... if you're not going to get some Super NES, some 5200 Atari is pretty good. Now, some of you eagle-eyed... Uh, viewers and listeners might, might recall that we did actually touch the 5200 game once, which was in our pack-ins, if you recall. I, I yeah. remember if I got played Breakout on it, but this will be... And that was horrible. Well, <laughs> let's, well tough. Let's, let's hope things get better. I can't... Go hold your breath, pal. <laughs> I want to thank our good buddy, the Dunk, the Dunkster, Dunkin' Styles, for our cool 3D Tron-like graphics. Also, I want to thank our good buddy, Barkbit, does the closing number. I love this closing number. Tune. The closing number's great. Uh, Brent, why don't you go over, uh, we did, now that we're on episode 101, any any previous announcements you want to go back over from last week? Uh, a couple things I want to touch it. on. Uh, we are, our podcast is hosted by Anchor now, anchor.fm. Anchor's away, my friend. Uh, that is the only way that ARG gets directly funded, uh, since we don't have a Patreon page or a, uh, uh, you, we don't do the Twitch, all the Twitch subscription goes into the big overall pot of Amigos. So if you want to support ARG specifically, you got to go to Anchor. Uh, you can give us a listen on there, that helps out. Or uh, you can actually become a supporter on there. Don't, you know, we're not going to twist anybody's arm for that. But yeah. just know it is available if you want to support ARG directly. The good thing about Anchor that we didn't mention is, like, now, like, every show we've ever done is available. Yes. Like, as opposed to before. Like, there was only, like, about, what, 20 or 30? Yes. And so. every show is divided into two parts where you've got the uh, history and game one. And if your uh, podcast listener supports chapters, you can hit straight to game two and just... You know, kind of cut off that middleman if you're just interested in one thing or cut another. And also, if your podcaster doesn't support chapters, uh, grab the one off of Anchor. It's it's actually really good. It's really good. That's the one I use now. Right on, right on. Uh, we mm -hmm. want to say a uh, hearty hi ho to all our hi -ho! all our buddies that are coming back from Amiga Ireland. They're literally many of them, including the boat, are in the air right now. Well, whisking back to their to their country of origin. Looks like a good time was had by all. So yes. everybody. Had fun with that, uh, and I think we're going to have a good time next week when we tackle the Atari. It's been a while since we jumped on an Atari system. It has I, been. Well, I can't remember Falcon. the last time. Yeah, oh yeah. Well, <laughs> and I love the Falcon, so we'll go, see what happens. There you go. So, please, tune in next week and join us, and hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed, for real this time, we will try to be live. We are, once again, we're thwarted by our ISP. They've got to get this thing fixed. They're killing us. Stupid ASP. That's so true. So, until next week, Excelsior. Door door!